So welcome to the latest episode of the Visions and Tones. Today I'm with a good friend of mine. Um, we started very rough, I guess, <laughs> almost like a Tom and Jerry type of a friendship and whatnot. But we've actually uh, moved up and became very great friends who share a lot of stuff, great work on advocacy and whatever the case, you know. So this is an unscripted um, episode. Uh, I thought let me just have an open mic with him. You'll get to know a little bit better about him, but. The purpose of this episode is mainly, you know, to think about mentorship, think about uh, hard work, think about, you know, loyalty, commitment, and so on and so forth. But we might even touch a little more of many other things, but I hope you enjoy this episode. Thank you so much for choosing the Visions and Tones podcast. And my guest today is none other than Emmanuel Chuku Emeka Odu from Nigeria. <laughs> yes, Mr. T. <laughs> Good morning, my friend. Good morning. Um from where we are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, from where we are, right? Yeah. That's a good point. It's good to have you. Thank you. It's it's about time. Wow, I've been trying to get hold of you <laughs> to have you on the show and so many topics, you know, coming in and out, but your diary is all respect. But finally, <laughs> I managed to sort of, you know, twist your arm for Tony, this Tony, don't throw it at me. No, no, no. I always have time for you. <laughs> you always have time. It's been like over a year I've been trying to get you to come Oh, She wanted me to remind you what topics we're going to talk about. It's, no, don't. It's like a number of stuff we're going to talk about. But finally, you hear. Yes, I'm and and there's been great developments in your life recently uh not so long ago we were at your uh citizenship celebration and you're always you know a busy person a great achiever tell us a little bit about your qualifications and and where you're from and why you're here Oh, okay. I'm here because Tony invited me. <laughs> That's why I'm here. Here in this country. <laughs> um, and um, I'm Nigerian by birth and um, now an Australian citizen. Um, I have a couple of degrees, which um, which uh, I have a bachelor's degree in um, community development and adult education. And I have a certificate in human resources and a master's degree in social change and development and i have other like diplomas and certifications as well um i came to australia to do my master's degree and um yeah to in social change yes in social initially human resources but then i decided to go back to um, my passion, which is community services and community development, basically, right, right. and social change. Yeah. Wow, that's a, a number of qualifications there, and and at the same time, you're you're an incredible hard worker. You know, um, <laughs> can you share a little bit with us in terms of uh, what you're currently doing as your job now? And 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 we're gonna touch a little bit on you know where you started and everything, because that's the whole point, right? To to sort of paint the picture for us on how it has been a rough journey for you from, you know, where you started to where you are now? Yeah, um, um, I will say it in a very, um, in a way that we would we could probably continue the conversation on the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, we'll be here forever. Um, I currently work in community services as um, out of home care, which is a phenomenal um, role. And I work in a very good organization as well, which I'm com- I'm happy with. Um, I came to Australia. My first job in Australia was 
a kitchen hand actually mm-hmm. that was my first job and it was um one thing about me and i always encourage people to do is um no matter what i do what i what i do whether it's a job or it's a hobby or if i'm doing it i may not like it but i always give it 110 mm-hmm. percent so um even when i was a kitchen hand basically kitchen hand is the glorified dishwasher <laughs> oh. so wow. i know it's wondering why the, the fence in the i know kitchen, oh, kitchen hand it sounds right. nice yeah. but basically i was a dishwasher <laughs> and that's a very good um esteemed job mm-hmm. really but i did that not because i wanted to at that time but that was what was available to me mm-hmm. at that time so because some people um aspire to work in hospitality mm-hmm. and if you're working in hospitality you could start from different areas which could be kitchen hand so that's nothing wrong with that it's just that there's a difference between doing what you want to do and doing what you have to do at a particular time. So there are two dif- um, different um, um, motivations, rather. Um, so you have to be able to identify, when you say, okay, this is what I have to do, your attitude towards it matters because it's easy to be negligent or it's easy to um, not care when you're doing something that you have to do. Compared to when you're doing something that you want to do, you're already intrinsically motivated to do it. Mm-hmm. So it just flows. You are passionate. You're you care for it. You're you give your hundred percent. But for me, it's um, I try to do it similar. So when I was a kitchen hand, even though that's not what I would love to do, because I used to be a banker yeah. back home in Nigeria. Yeah. Yes. So when I came. Um, here and I was like, whatever is available that you know, it's in line with my work um, um, work permit here as a student. Um, I'm happy to do it, you know. And when I got the job, when I did the trial, I you know, <laughs> I still remember how I was convincing the chef why I I am the best person for that job. <laughs> and he put me on the trial, and it was like, first of all, Tony, I was like, oh, isn't the dishwashing? I'm Nigerian. I wash the whole like. I'm like it's easy, but when you know they have a machine and all that stuff. So when I started, I was like, it's not. Um, it was more than I expected. It was, it was a busy. It was a busy restaurant, mm-hmm. and I got the job, which was great. And I started working. So like I said, I did that because I had to do it, not because I really wanted to do it. But I always made sure that I gave my 110%. Mm-hmm. So I would woke up early. So for me, first of all, being early is 15 minutes. I shouldn't say this out. Yeah, yeah. I, should say I this. know. Because if I say I, it... I was going to call you I, out I, now. I, Oh, excuse me. <laughs> I wouldn't say it now because if I say it now... But basically, I was always on time. Uh-huh. And I was always cheerful. That's my personality, being right, cheerful, right. doing the dishes. I was always singing, actually, mm-hmm. while I'm doing the dishes, you know, being happy. And I brought in my, because I'm very um, systematic, I'm very um, structured. So I did not say because I was doing dishes, um, I did not have to have a structure. Mm-hmm. So even while I was a dishwasher, I had a structure and I knew how um what dish what plate should go first when to do the pots when to do the cutlery yeah. somehow i just had a system and that because when i was working in the bank you know you had to be you had to know how to multitask right and you had to 
have a way a system and it's a system you put the notes according exactly to exactly these uh, with 50 exactly and even though i wasn't a teller i was a, a personal banking officer but the structure of banking back home is different from the structure of banking here yeah so you could attend to five six people at the same time wow. back home and you integrity is 100 percent, and you cannot or you should not make careless mistakes like right. giving somebody else a different person's account balance for yeah, example yeah, yeah. so you have to have a system anyways um so yeah so i had a system which worked effectively for me and the chef noticed and the chef put me on the busiest days <laughs> <laughs> and i started training i started training the new dishwasher so nice. to speak um but that's because for me I gave, and I was, I can't even tell you how much I was being, we're being paid. It wasn't the best, but that didn't matter. I was just happy I had the job anyways. And I was able to save and all that stuff. So I think, I think the first thing I would like to encourage people is, it doesn't matter um, what job you're doing or where you're at at a particular time. Try to enjoy it and try to um, still give it a hundred percent because it's not about the job it's about your character you're building your character what then if you have an abusive boss because many people can hate, can love the job can they they can do their best but if you've got a horrible jo- uh, boss or supervisor you can grow in resentment if you have see if I like if you have a, ch- a bad a challenging boss then the environment could be toxic and to be honest you know personally I wouldn't encourage someone to be in an environment that's toxic, personally. But how did you deal However, with that? Have you ever been in a, in a toxic space yourself? And how did you deal with that apart from just opting to be out? Um, I'm pretty outspoken. Right. Like, I, I, like I would express, first of all, I, I'm one of those people who give benefits of doubt a lot. And I would have to be able to, um, once I've been able to justify that this particular attitude, and to be honest, I'm not advising anyone to do that. We all have our own yeah. personalities and how we assess things. Yeah. And how, for me personally, um, I like to build evidence. I'm an evidence kind of person. Mm. So once I have the evidence that this particular person, it, it's per, once it's personal mm-hmm. and it's not like my job, my task related or um, job related or performance related, then I know how to speak up for myself and I will address it with the supervisor. Let me, let me, let me push you here with this. I hear what you're Don't. saying. <laughs> and, and <laughs> okay, let's go. And, and, and I know that very often for so many people, it's easy to be outspoken when you know that you're there temporarily. Yes. So, so what? Because I mean, you were starting. Even if you could be having a horrible boss or whatever, you you used a nice phrase, challenging voice. I'm like, <laughs> look at him. <laughs> you could have a horrible boss, but you find that you know it's a temporary space, so you don't really have much to bother yourself. You're giving yourself maybe period of time, three months or six months, whatsoever. You'll be out of the space. But yeah. what then about people that they are stuck there? You know, if if you leave there, you're probably gonna go home and deal with unemployment for quite a long period of time and and i'm thinking in terms of your response also can you juxtapose australia and and maybe the third world maybe in in, in a space like nigeria because australia has certain ways that you can you could find protection as an employee Mm. but back in most of the third worlds it might not really be an easy thing um i i I think what i have to say is like sometimes when you're in a job 
you don't know if it's temporary or if it's permanent. Right. Because when I was a dishwasher, I didn't like I didn't want to be a dishwasher forever. Mm-hmm. But at that time, honestly, I was aspiring to work at the front, which was being right. uh, we call them runners then, but basically those were waiters and waitresses. Ah, right. So I was in the kitchen doing dishes. I knew I wasn't going to be a chef. I knew I, I I'm a great cook, but not continental and i can't like i i don't have time for that um so i was like oh i want to work at the front so that was my i, I didn't put a timeline on if it was going to be te- i didn't i wasn't worried about where it was going to be temporary or permanent i just knew that after a while i would like to move to the bar <laughs> or move to the front so that's the first thing is when do you identify if a role is temporary or permanent right. that's the first thing because you when you're in the job you don't know yeah if you have, you know, but I think um, irrespective of whether it's temporary or permanent, look at your goals long term. Because for me as a person, that's what that's what determines my attitude. I'm a relationship, Tony, you know, I'm a very, I'm a relationship person mm-hmm. and I do not um, burn bridges, not me. Mm-hmm. And that's the reason why no matter how challenging my boss is or my working environment is mm-hmm. i always have try to try to have conversations when i can mm-hmm. because for me i don't want to burn bridges basically can you expand the part of not burning bridges for like me? i i get you but i need i need somebody to sort of feel you also from the uh, other side what it, why should why should we keep you know relationships even um, around you know toxic bosses or whatnot is it to give a benefit of the doubt that people can change or is it no, just no, like to I say s- i don't know the road ahead oh, or totally. sometimes this is around the fact that i might not get references or whatever the case oh no it's not for, well like i said it could be different things but everyone's different yeah but for me i'm just a relationship person even with friendships like um I don't just write people off. That's me as a person. Everyone's different. So you have to work based on what works for you. Yeah. So for me, you know, I like to address things basically. So I will address it, you know, because to be honest, we, you know, I'm sure you know the Johari window theory, right? Not really. Oh really? Okay, I'm not gonna I'm, explain I'm, to you. That's why you're here. No, 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 no. But basically, that's why you're here. I need to learn. So I'm a theories, <laughs> theories guy. I have theories for almost everything. Anyways, but that's one of my favorite theories: Johari Window Theory and the Maslow Hierarchy of Needs Theory. Those two Would theories you are my favorite. Just no, second, break them. <laughs> Tony, down. this is unscripted, so I can't. I don't. I don't want to say the wrong things. But basically, okay. what that means is there are parts of us. That we don't that we display but we don't know about, but somebody else does. Yes. So which is, you know, and for me, um, that's I'm explaining a part of the Harry window, by the way. Yeah. For me, that's why conversations are important. Because you could have a horrible boss or a challenging boss or a challenging work environment or a challenging colleague. Mm-hmm. And they may not know that their actions are insensitive. Right? Correct. Yeah. So that's why for me it's always good to have the conversation before you write them off mm-hmm. or write the place off because like I said, the Johari window, there's a part of people that we, even for you as a person, that we don't know and we would never be able to have an understanding if we don't have conversations, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, don't just, because we, like I know I can be sensitive sometimes. If you talk about, if you raise topics or issues that are very, dear to me i can be very sensitive to Mm -hmm. it and then i will just push away my thinking brain and 
I reacted my emotional brain. And obviously, I was going to come there to speak a little bit about racism to say, even with bosses, maybe friends who are toxic and racist and whatnot, how do you work around that? But it's a good thing that you explained the one theory. Are you going to touch on the other theory? No. <laughs> my hierarchy of needs is a different one. Go on okay. with management. Um, <laughs> 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 no, but, it, but, but so, so for me, it's more like um, I like to erase that excuse of ignorance mm. oh i didn't know you felt that way oh i didn't know i was being insensitive oh i didn't know my attitude i didn't know that comment or that joke mm-hmm. so i like to erase those ignorant excuses so yeah. that's why i have conversations yeah. and say hey um because i am um for example don't like because i'm black doesn't mean i'm tony yeah hey tony no i'm not tony i'm yeah. emmanuel or i'm a maker yeah. whatever so um somebody else might think oh it's just, it's it's cool but no it's not not to me as a person right and i also don't like stereotypes mm-hmm. so that's where conversations come into play so i think it's it's like I said, everyone has to work out what works best for them it could be having a conversation with somebody else to help you have that conversation or it could be um speaking to hr or speaking to and yeah, it could be, everyone's different, you know, but for me, that's how I prefer that. Not for references, but just because I can satisfy um, myself and my my conscience that I know that, mm-hmm. you know, um, I addressed or I, tr- I made an attempt to address what I did not like in that particular environment. And we're talking about work here, but that could also be in every circle. Right. It could be in friendship circle. It could be in religious circle. It could be in um, social life. It could be in any, any circle, yeah. really. Yeah. And people would always say things or do things or act in certain ways that could touch our soft spots. Mm-hmm. Um, if, we keep, if we write off everyone, then <laughs> we can't be by ourselves. Yeah. And if everyone writes us off as well, then we will be lonely. So yeah, we miserable. Exactly. Yeah. So conversations, I think, are key and um, always key. But yeah, but if it, conversations are key, I think with people who are willing to have the conversation with you. Yeah. How do you how do you navigate a space where there's a lot of defensiveness and you try to have meaningful conversations, but you know, Tony, I know what Tony, I know what you're doing. <laughs> Tony, I know what you're doing. I would not. Well, I think I think um, human nature. It takes a lot of training mm-hmm. and a lot of self awareness to be able to identify when you're being defensive. I think we. I think every. Well, I don't have the data, but I believe that. How do I say it in the most? I think that the first response most people have is to be defensive then it takes a next another level of understanding to have an open mind and you know have a dialogue have a conversation and take away being right i think why people tend to be defensive is because of various reasons which include being maybe they're brainwashed or they're just focused on being right Mm -hmm. and once you identify for me as a person once i identify someone as being defensive and not giving room to have a conversation, I don't go any further. Because you just be, you, you end up into in an argument, mm-hmm. and it could become heated, and then it would become worse than, the, <laughs> the, the relationship would become more fractured than it was even before you started. Yeah. And it's okay to say, hey, 
I want you not to have a conversation about this, but you appear to be a little bit on the uh, defensive. I think it's best if we just do it another time mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. just go and have a think, mm-hmm. you know? And yeah. On on your citizenship celebration, you give a beautiful, uh, part, part of your speech had a beautiful line, which I liked. And um, I think for everybody who's listening to this, we're not sort of deviating. We're sort of coming from a space of, you know, being a hard worker and, Mm. you know, part of challenges that one encounters and how Emmanuel navigated his space around in terms of cultivating relationships, either with friends or colleagues or whatsoever. And now we're sort of moving towards talking about, you know, deep experiences, which I hope Emmanuel can touch with us this part. When do you... When do you build this incredible way of articulating in the way that you did at your celebration? When you, especially if I'd love for you to sort of touch base on that, what you actually said in terms of how white people should sort of use their voice to be, you know, as a protection to migrants and whatsoever. Uh, I I don't know if you 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 are at the space where you can sort of tap into your now, mental now, faculty. That one was also recall. unscripted. Um, I know, yeah, but I love <laughs> that. But if you can share that with us, and then briefly, and then share uh, when do you become to when do you you know uh, get that level of articulation, so to say? But like because it was very emotional for me the way you said it mm. and very passionate but very loving and if you if you recall you got the longest clap ever <laughs> in that talk like you even wanted to continue but the you know the clap just continued and went on and on and on and on and on and on and on yeah. and, and I loved it and I was like this is amazing because you explained something which if you are to have a conversation with a defensive person they will just completely miss what you're saying but that mm. was the very best opportunity for you to say that and I don't know if you planet or it was just you know the kairos time of it i'm not really sure i i think um like tony you know me you know a little bit and you and i'm very um i like when i give speeches i write my speeches but usually i write them from the heart like if it's a formal setting if an informal setting i don't write i just go and i speak from my heart because i'm a christian and you know um I'm just a heart person, basically. So I didn't plan to say that. Um, I just planned to encourage everyone, you know. And I think for me as a person, I always think first as a person. And I'm a big advocate for people who don't have a voice. Like I said, my job is, you know, I'm a big advocate for people who don't have a voice or whose voices have been silenced or at least try to be silenced or people who have been written off. Yeah. You know, um, the theory that I have for this, but I'm always drawn to people like that because I love to advocate for people. So for me, first things first is empathy and you don't have to, and like race is a big thing because of the, um, the color of our skin. But it's even for me, that's why I use the word discrimination more than I use racism. Mm-hmm. Because when you say racism, people are like, oh, here we go. Yeah. But when you, but basically what, I'm, what I try to communicate is discrimination as a whole. Whether it's gender discrimination or it's um, racial discrimination or it's um, language, whatever it is, mm-hmm. um, we have a voice every one of us have a voice and it's not enough to say 
oh, I don't think that way or I don't speak to them that way or I'm not like that. Oh, I have friends who are from, you know, this and that. It's great. But the first thing is, why would you entertain someone or people who are speaking ill or undermining somebody else? You know, you know, we shouldn't and we should try not to entertain that. So even though we are not or we don't see ourselves like that, we have a responsibility to speak up and support people. Mm-hmm. You know, like for example, what was going what, what goes on in the world sometimes, we may not be there in that particular country mm-hmm. or that particular region when things are happening, but we empathize and we provide support and we speak against people who try to um undermine their experiences Mm -hmm. you know and that's what i was going to mention i just remembered now everyone's pain is relative yeah pain is relative and we 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 don't people don't have to that's why empathy is key yeah because what could hurt you may not be what would hurt me so where empathy comes into play is where i put myself in your shoes. Yeah. I don't have to necessarily have exactly. to have the similar experiences exactly. to understand where you're coming from. Exactly. So what could tick you off could be what could, you know, cause you pain could be let's say war. Mm-hmm. And for me, maybe for whatever reason, it may not be that. Mm-hmm. But domestic violence could be a big thing for me. Right? So and it could hurt me so much if I hear stories or see people who are in um toxic relationships for example you know because that's not your thing doesn't mean you would now you know promote it or not speak against it or not support you know empathy is key basically and that's why i shared what i shared is can you you touch what you actually shared i like i'm trying to remember but i think (laughs) i think i said something about um those of us who have moved here to um you know not give up and even if you're trying to do something that hasn't been done before you know do it don't it's okay to be the first to try something and then i also said um for those of us who are not cultured who are in the room like you know who are you know born and bred here in australia you know um it's it's okay to say you're not um you don't discriminate but also your voice is important to be able to um speak for you know, the migrants and yeah. the, or the immigrants, you know, it's important because we speak, some of us speak for ourselves, but, you know, sometimes it can be draining and sometimes the perspective is different. So it's always good when you know, when you say, hey, I may not understand what Emeka is saying or I may not have experienced what Emeka is saying, but, you know, it is unfair or it is wrong to treat someone like this mm-hmm. or less of themselves or less than you would treat yourself. Uh, even to sort of, if you may not understand what Nemeka is saying, I had, a, I had a conversation with someone from your church and the person asked me a couple of stuff and I replied and then she said to me, do you mind if I can talk to somebody else about this? And then I said, yeah, sure, go for it. And she went to her to chat with someone. She wanted to sort of confirm certain things also. Not to say she was sort of uh, undermining the stuff that I was saying but it's to say I need to understand this even much more deeper because at the same time the relationship that we had 
she could sort of speak back to me about certain stuff. So probably I thought she might be thinking that maybe I'm giving too much of a push pushback because I'm too used to this person. Maybe let me just silence myself a little bit, go inquire elsewhere, and then I can come back to this table for this conversation again. Mm. So that's basically what I wanted to say. say if, if they don't understand, then if it's still okay to say, okay, hey, can I just confirm something with somebody else and then come back yeah, to the it's same like, conversation I'm at not the same thing, like, By the way, my church is beautiful. Um, but yeah, it's, it is okay God to... <laughs> it is okay to... And that's the thing. And that's what we want. Because we, we don't have all the answers. It's just like for me, for example, with the abortion stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. You know? Um, I'm such a big advocate for women, right? And sometimes I don't even know. And then I ask my friends. I'm like, hey... What does this actually mean? How do you feel about this? What yeah. do you, you know? I ask them because I want to know, you know, to get more, to gain more insight, and not just to gain more insight for myself, but when I am speaking up for them to have an understanding and a knowledge a little bit of what I'm talking about. I don't want to sound like one, hey, you know. I want to gain. I want to understand. I want to support with knowledge, mm-hmm. you know. So it's 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 okay to to um to say hey you know what this is a lot and if it's a lot for you it's okay i remember when i sh- when usually when i share my um discrimination experiences with people some people get very emotional because they're like so how are you still smiling how are you still happy um how are you still there or how are you still doing that's why i said earlier when you're in a place sometimes you don't know if it's permanent or temporary yeah while you're in it yeah you don't know so you go, oh, how did you still stay there? And how did you still cope? You know, and you know, um, and they're like, oh, that's so, I'm I'm sorry you had to go through that and all that stuff. But like I said, the reason why we talk about these things is because of creating awareness, not just for people of color, but for everyone, every form of discrimination, even if it's language. Like I've I've worked, <laughs> I've worked with. Um, I've led a team of people where there was someone who had whose English wasn't really good, mm-hmm. right? And I had to advocate for her because people complained that oh, why is she even you know doing what she's doing? She can't speak English. She can't communicate. Mm-hmm. And for me, my job, I could, I never saw her differently. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I had to go. Um, take extra steps with like gestures and with you know writing to be able to ensure that we had proper communication mm-hmm. between each other each other and the role that she was doing had nothing or little to do with grammar in, right. with yeah. language mm-hmm. so why would why it's not affecting her performance so why is that the problem yeah. you know so my role at that time was to speak up and say yes English is a second language or third because for Kasha, she speaks she speaks French and she speaks um, two just, other languages. Did you just call her name? No, I didn't call her name. I, by the way, she speaks oh, French. No, I, I had something I wouldn't, else. I wouldn't do that. I thought, oh my word. Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> by the way, she speaks French and she speaks, um, um, I think, Swahili. And I said, and then English. And I'm like, not many people speak three languages. Yeah. But for me, that wasn't relevant. And I had to speak up to our boss. I say, doesn't matter. She's yeah. getting the job done. She understands what's going on. That's fine. So I could have just said, well, I don't see her differently. She's nice. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not discriminating against her language or English speaking. 
and then leave it at that. And then she may have lost her job. But I took the 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 responsibility to also advocate for her because she may not be able to articulate it mm-hmm. properly. Mm-hmm. You know? So I think for me that's where that's what I'm trying to promote is you know, where we have voices or where we can, let's advocate for people who at that part, in that particular environment or that context may not be able to um, articulate themselves, articulate themselves. Them the space to talk. Exactly. Yeah. We've got less amount of time, but obviously there's a number of things that I, I knew was going to happen. Um, <laughs> keep coming to me. Let's keep uh, going. Um, but I don't want to sort of stretch over the time. Also, I want to respect and honor what what I had sort of promised to you in terms of. We can always have a part two. We can, and I'd love that. Um, what was I going to ask? Two questions, right? <laughs> I'm forgetting my question. Well, hard work while you're thinking. Well, what, what I can also say is, hopefully if you caught me when you remember what you're talking to talk about. So hard work and working smart, it's important to be yes. able to know that you, okay. um, efficiency is key in everything that we do. But what drives me are my goals. Beautiful. That's what drives me. And um, that determines how much... Um, yeah, that, that, that drives me. So if I have a goal to get something, right? Um, then, I was going to say something, but I won't say it. Um, I put things in place. I'm very structured to be able to help me get there. Do you put short-term goals and long-term goals? Yes. So I have... I can, human beings should do that, right? But this well, is I can't speak for... I can't, I can't speak for... <laughs> I can only you speak for myself. Speak for them, but they should. Well, that's, that's coming from Dr. Probes. Tony. <laughs> for me, I think I, I have goals. I have Actually, I have a goal mm-hmm. and then I have goals. Actually, I'm very systematic. So it's like a system and then subsystems. Right. And then I have like, you need to see my Excel sheet anyways. Um, I know there's a hundred <laughs> vacations in a year. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Um, but, but for me, it's like you have a goal. Whether your goal is to get married, go overseas, live in a different country, get a master's degree, get you know, a bachelor's degree or whatever, or you know, grow learn an instrument, it could be anything, right? That's a goal, right? Now, you begin to say, okay, how do I get to achieve that goal as a young person? Because it's not going to miraculously happen. Sometimes it does, but sometimes it doesn't. So you have to be able to, um, if you're a Christian, exercise your faith. But Bible says that faith without works is dead. dead. Yeah. So the works part is where you put things in place. So you you know, to 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 believe that you can be able to get that goal that you've set Mm -hmm. you know and your goals should not be um your goals i know that there's smart goals right where it's specific measurable achievable realistic time bound blah blah i that's great i think for short-term goals Mm -hmm. but for me as a christian your long-term goal doesn't always have to be realistic in terms of based on your current circumstances. Mm-hmm. Because, for example, when I was back home, I said I wanted to come to Australia to do a master's degree. Based on my circumstances at that time, it was impossible. Or it didn't seem possible. And when I say, I said, oh, I'd like to be an Australian citizen. Based on where I was at that time, it wasn't realistic. I couldn't even measure it, so to speak. But I was specific. 
Yeah. And I knew it was achievable. So that's me as a person. So I knew that this thing is possible, irrespective of support. This is what I love about your hard work. At some point, you mentioned this to me. Uh, when I step into a workplace, what I do is that I work so much hard. I think my approach to in the workplace or in any environment is I give it so much like it's going to be my last. Right. So um, I work so hard or uh, so hard to and I oh and I aim to make a difference like it's my last day being there. So I don't I'm not slack mm-hmm. and I'm not like ah oh, tomorrow tomorrow yes tomorrow. But if there's something I can do today for today for people I'm supporting, I will do it today. Mm-hmm. Basically, um, yeah. So I was saying when it comes to for me as a person and like I said, it's personal. Long-term goals don't always have to be realistic based on your current circumstances. Right, right. Because otherwise, you're not stretching yourself. Mm-hmm. Right? So, your short-term goals actually, um, on the other hand, should be realistic. Because those are the goals that you need to tick and say, okay, I've done that one, on to the next one. I've done exactly. that one, not to, on to the next yeah. one. So, you have to be able to measure and put time frames which are short-term goals and not drag it because the longer you drag your short-term goals and procrastinate, then your long-term goals keep being like a mirage or never, mm-hmm. you know, you'll never achieve that. So for me as a person, that's what I was saying to my mentor. So I have a mentor, right? So I was saying to my mentor recently. A mentor has a mentor. I have a mentor, yeah. Oh. No, I'm, I, I'm, I, I know because it's something I want to say in line with that, which I, I would love for us to also speak about mentorship. You are actually part of the ILEAD program, which is yes. one of the biggest programs in Australia, teaching university students, you know, how to be great, you know, global citizens and yes. many other things. And here you are yourself, so you've got a mentor, which is a good thing. Yes, because I, it shows that you, you say to yourself, I have not yet arrived. <laughs> Definitely. I'm still far. Um, <laughs> I have a mentor and my, oh, what was I going to say? Tony, I forgot that. I remember. So I, uh, after my citizenship ceremony, my mentor was there actually. Mm-hmm. And, we had a meet, catch up after that, like I think three days after or a week after. And he said, I had to myself, I said, oh, okay, now I've ticked that goal. I need another goal. Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, no, you have to wait, relax, and enjoy this one for now. Stop putting... <laughs> because I'm like, I'm so goal-oriented. And I'm like, I need a new challenge, well, basically. Yeah. And he's like, no, 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 not now. Relax, chill. You've already... <laughs> You've pushed, You yeah. give yourself some time to enjoy this moment. But I think that's me. I'm, I'm, I'm very goal-oriented. You are very goal-oriented. Um, I love that, yeah. But, at the, but it's also a time for you to be able to relax and enjoy your achievements as well. I think you do do that, but I'm not sure whether I, it's... It's also on me to say, are you doing that enough or not? Because you, yeah. you do take a number of holidays and you know treat yourself and whatsoever. Unless if that's not what you mean, you mean as in pause with with more things to achieve to sort of say limit your yeah. legs for a while, not think about so many things. In how many uh, you've changed so many jobs, <laughs> you've changed so many jobs, and for me, I'm like, wow. Changing many jobs, meaning change, you know, coming with coming across different experiences, different kinds of people, and whatsoever. And <clears throat> sorry, looking at how much of a hard worker you are, you know, I was wondering, are you keeping track as to how many jobs you've changed in the last? Oh, of three course, years? I know my job. Yeah, of course. Um, I know, like, <laughs> I know and my promotions because I'm not just thinking about changing jobs. I'm also thinking about promotions. Say you, you are a person who's always stepping onto the next. Yeah, you know. 
yeah you you achieving something each and every time and that's a good thing yeah and like like yeah i know where i've been and i because again um if you have a personality like i do you can fit into many on technical roles mm-hmm. and i'm a customer service person i'm a people's person um so i could literally fit in i think fit into any most roles that don't require any like i can I, like require too much of a technical experience mm-hmm. like i couldn't be a nurse i'm not trained to be a nurse or yeah. a doctor or an engineer um or an accountant i don't like calculations <laughs> um but i think i yes for me it's more like identifying again it comes down to the goal what's that your long-term goal and how do you want to get there because sometimes like you mentioned some of the jobs that i've changed is not because of um i wanted to change maybe like um i wanted something and i couldn't get that thing where i was at that time so i had to move somewhere to have to expand my um scope get the get that job somewhere else go there get the experience and then come back. Mm-hmm. So it's not always about, um, oh, you know, it's more like if changing a particular environment or changing a particular role or changing a particular circumstance, whatever, would help you achieve that long-term goal or at least even a short-term goal, then do it. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times what I find is we become too comfortable with the norm or what we're used to and we just begin to procrastinate because it's comfortable. Mm. We don't like risks. But then again, that's why I think for me as a person, being a Christian and studying God's word motivates me to be able to step out in faith. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, I don't know what um, what that place holds, but I know I'm coming with you, Lord. So yeah. Lord will make a way, yeah. you know? And the scripture says he makes a way where there seems to be no way mm-hmm. you know and for me that's like my, a big thing for me yeah. so it's risk you have your goals you take risks right. you know and you know risk looks different for everyone and every goal so how you do have you to measure identify. how do you weigh what would be a calculated risk planning planning yeah right. so I, I i call myself the how do i normally say it because i'm very spontaneous but i'm I also plan. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, um, how do I, 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 I don't know if it's, I plan to be spontaneous. I think that's what I always say to my, about myself. Okay. I plan to be spontaneous. So you could tell me now, oh, America, let's go on a trip next month. I'm like, yep, let's go. Book my flight and let's go. It seems spontaneous. But what you don't know is in January, I had a budget set aside for trips mm. and I had a plan for how many trips I would like to do that year mm-hmm. and I started saving money aside for it so maybe what, the time you asked me to go on a trip I've only done two out of four trips right. so I'm like alright let's go so to you it's oh gosh I'm giving away all my secrets to it's you to that's you, how you're here <laughs> so you can learn to you, know? you it's like oh <laughs> Imana always goes on you know but to me it's, it's in line with my plan mm. You know, I have a plan, but then I can now, this continuity comes into when I can now play around with, let's say, my schedules or already booked appointments. I'm like, okay, I'll just move and reschedule. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to significant things like finance, budgeting, um, leave, all those things, I have already kind of like pre planned right. it. Two minutes. 
so we can wrap two minutes on the dot exactly um how many people are you mentoring are you still taking in new people well uh not really because i have a new role in church and so that's like um plus my work which is busy yeah um um uh, like like i have capacity but i'm very particular i don't want to um again my mentor my mentor is helping me ensure i don't take on too much mm-hmm. um because i'm used to taking on too much i not like i burn out i don't burn out but i think he's helping me to s- be conscious mm-hmm. on like bit of self-care and all that so um um with 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 i lead i have only one mentor which is great informally i have a few people that i'm supporting like four of them Mm -hmm. and i think coupled with what i'm doing with church and work i think that's enough (laughs) for now and then next year because i I don't want to just say oh i'm mentoring someone and then i don't have time for them yeah i want to be able to provide support and i'm also getting mentored so i need to provide um and make sure i have time Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. to be able to be mentored Mm -hmm. now mentoring is different for everyone like some like your Depending on where you're at and um, who you are and what your goals are, your men- your mentor could look differently. Yeah. Now, you could say, oh, I don't have a mentor, but you go to, you have a pastor or you have a spiritual religious leader mm-hmm. that you look up to and you kind of like emulate what they do and what they say. That's your mentor on, you know, it's informal, but that's yeah. your mentor. Or you could have someone at uni, a professor or, you know, who you hang around with yeah. um, and who you observe and, you know, try to emulate as well. That's your mentor. It's, it's, but I would encourage people, especially young people, you know, depend on, you don't have, you don't have to have a mentor for life. There's no such thing. Well, yeah, I think it's a such thing. Um, you should have mentors for for a particular season or a particular goal for example if you want to have a podcast you know you should get a mentor who knows about podcasts and whose podcast you enjoy you know and that could be for like three months six months whatever depending on you and your availability you know and then you can close that chapter and And then if you go to a different chapter you can say okay you know who can mentor me in this particular mm-hmm. phase of my life and then you can find someone but don't be emotional or sentimental about it always go for a mentor who has grace but also can be honest with you and can also is close to you because sometimes people that are not close to us it's and i may be like this is my own experience i feel like the best mentors are mentors that are that know us or at least are close to us mm-hmm. or work around us for example someone that you go to the same church with or religious religious group with mm-hmm. who is who has more knowledge or someone who you work who works in your organization who has more knowledge or uni that way because they observe you they can also identify when what your triggers are areas of improvement mm-hmm things that you don't see, mm-hmm. you know, they can see you in a particular um, environment mm-hmm. and provide feedback. Mm-hmm. But if it's someone who doesn't know you, then it's as good as you having just a counselor or a therapist. And I mean, what you're saying is interesting because it's almost, and we're going to wrap with this one. Uh, uh, you'll have to come back for part two if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's almost like discipleship, basically what you're saying, yes. right? It's almost like you cannot have somebody who smiles away from you and yes. say, disciple me because it's more like community. Mentor 
Archbishop mm. should also be more like community in a sense that it's not just about how Emmanuel shows Tony this is what you do in these challenges or whatever, but it's also about Tony having to have that you know critical and observation capacity to say, but Emmanuel responds to things like this in the way. Exactly, it's not always what Emmanuel tells me. I exactly, also have to sort of observe what 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 is it that Emmanuel is doing to this particular case and that particular case. Exactly, you know. I, I think man, that's, I think that's where mentoring like becomes more effective because I'm not I'm mentor. Mentoring shouldn't be just textbook and say, oh, you know, this is how you do goal setting. Yes, there's a room space for that. But when it comes to, uh, especially if you're looking for someone who will mentor you when it comes to a skill Mm -hmm. or when it comes to character building, they need to observe you. They need to observe you. It's like when you're a when um, you're doing like a trial for something yeah. you go to a different a shop or go to a new school you're like yeah. oh let me go and observe open day and see what it's like that's what mentoring should look like yeah. where you can where your mentor can observe you in in your zone and then see what your triggers are and then see what your strength where your strengths what your strengths are and see how you react and respond to things see when you react and when you respond yeah. and then provide feedback with you behind the scenes and possibly strategies on how they think would be a better way to approach to approach those things mentors are not therapists or mentors they may be qualified in their profession, but when it comes to mentoring, it's a different thing altogether. Yeah, they're not exactly. They don't have to tell you, oh, you know, give you, you know, I'm there to support you, work with you to hopefully um, guide you to get to that particular destination or goal. But Tony, yeah, thank you for having me. I think it was, um, I think it's there's so much more I, I'm going to share within time in the right way I, I don't know if I should write a book or whatever but it's it's been a journey mm-hmm. and most of people who most of my friends who have known me back home and know my journey can tell that I don't like I'm, I'm, I, I push and that's one thing I would also encourage the, the listeners is please don't give up please push yeah. it's okay push oh it never happened push there's no support push you know and believe, have faith that the resources that you need to achieve that goal, you know, God, nature, whatever it is you believe in, would make it align and come to um, reality for you. Yeah. That's a good place to stop. Mm. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate your time and your wisdom and your knowledge and sharing with us. Thank you, Mr. T. I think it's fun. Yeah. I will have to be back for part two. You will. You should be back. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> and this is why we're parking. That was Emmanuel Chukwu Emeka Odu. And thank you, listeners of the Visions and Tones, for tuning in. We'll catch you next time. And we are out.